Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you, big book study. My name is Leah, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Tuesday, May 14, 2013. Today we're reading from the big book. You'll find us in Bill's story on page 13, fourth paragraph down on the page, beginning with, I was to test my thinking. And today's readers are Kim, Paula, Marsha, and Katie. Share ID number for yesterday, Monday, May 13th, is 4448. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. This meeting's primary purpose is to abstain to recover from compulsive overeating, and to carry this message of recovery to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now call on Melanie to read the 12 steps. Good morning, Leah. Good morning, A Vision for You group. My name is Melanie. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater calling in from Oregon this morning. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Pass. Thank you. I will now call on Ann S. to read the 12 traditions. 
Hi, good morning. Uh, this is Anna, compulsive overeater from Pennsylvania. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving goddess. He may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, Every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you. I pass. Thank you. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. And today we resume our study of the big book. You're going to find us in Bill's story on page 13, the fourth paragraph on that page, beginning with, I was to test my thinking. And I will ask Kim to begin reading, please. Thanks, Leah. I was to test my thinking by the new God consciousness within. Common sense would thus become uncommon sense. I was to sit quietly when in doubt, asking only for direction and strength to meet my problems as he would have me. Never was I to pray for myself, except as my request bore on my usefulness to others. Then only might I expect to receive, but that would be in great measure. Well, good morning, my fellows. My name is Kim, and I am a compulsive overeater from South Jersey. And uh, Bill's in a good place now. Bill has 
completed the action steps, which now is known as steps four through nine, and he's beginning to live in the sunlight of the spirit. Now, he wants to test his thinking by the the new God consciousness within. So what does that mean? I think a lot of us think, well, I've done the steps. I've done the steps. The steps are not a destination point. The steps are something that becomes a part of our daily life. And I like to compare it. Let's say you go to nursing school and you learn all this skill set and you graduate. You don't feel like a nurse until you get a job and you're in the hospital every single day and you're utilizing all that skill set that you have. If you simply went to nursing school and graduated and never worked and said, well, yeah, I'm a nurse, does that make sense? Because it is by the implementation of the skill set that you learn in school that you become a, a doctor, a nurse, an accountant, an engineer. So that's what he's saying. He's now going to test that. You know, this is not, and I think sometimes step 10 is often misinterpreted as a checklist at night. We go at night and we decide where we've been a good girl, where we've been a bad girl, and we either pat ourselves in the back or we beat ourselves up. Step 10, we're going to test this skill set. We're going to utilize it all day long. It's not something that we just discuss in an OA meeting. It's not just something that we do to in an OA meeting and treat each other well. We test this thinking how. We test it when we're in line at the grocery store and we're busy and someone's got 13 items and the sign says 10 items or less. When someone cuts us off in traffic. When a family member gets a dire medical diagnosis. How do we practice these principles when those type of things happen? That's how we test that God consciousness. You know, I like the analogy in steps 10 through 12. What we're doing is we are now walking up a down escalator. We must constantly stay in motion or we're going to be sucked down that, cap, that escalator. Now, is that fair? Other people get to walk up an up escalator and down a down escalator. You're probably right. That's not fair. But our reality is that we're walking up the down escalator. So we need to make these steps a part of our life, part of our daily living, or the disease will suck us down. We don't have the option to rest on our laurels. So he is saying here he's going to test his thinking by the new God consciousness within. And that is so vital if we not only want to recover, but we want to maintain that. We want to grow towards God. We want to continue to receive the blessings that this program has offered to us. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? This is Paula. May I comment? Of course. Thank you. You know, I'd like to go to that line. I was to sit quietly when in doubt. There is a miracle right there, to sit quietly, not run about. Now, well, let me do this and let me do that. Sit quietly when in doubt, asking only for direction and strength. That's a mighty duo there. Ask where to go and give me the strength to go there. Where to stay away. To meet my problems as he would have me, and then we bounce right back to what Kim said. New God consciousness within as he would have me, knew, not known before, didn't have it before, God consciousness within. Isn't far away, is it? 
isn't far away. And as it says in the back, tap into on the spiritual experience. Something I didn't even know was there. Unsuspected inner resource. And it ends with, as he would have me. Not as I would, as he would. And they're all the difference. Thank you for allowing me to share with that. I do pass. Thank you, Paula. Anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? Star one to unmute. Good morning. This is Melanie. Melanie, go ahead. Hi, good morning. Um, just going through this for my own experience, uh, certainly not thinking about what Bill's doing. I think most especially just my experience with this. And, and um, common sense would thus become uncommon sense. And I am so grateful that there have been people that have been willing to pick up my phone call on a regular basis because I was not very good at pausing <laughs> before I would go off half-cocked to, to explain to you all why I thought that uh, you were in the wrong and I was in the right. And I was taught very, very early on to, to discuss my impulses, my urges, my, my, my insistence, you know, to be able to tell you that, that you did me wrong and, and this is why you were this or this or that or the other thing. And I certainly wasn't able to take my thinking in any way, shape, or form and tested against my internal consciousness, my internal intuitiveness. It just wasn't developed in any way, shape, or form. I was all over the map emotionally. But back to what I was wanting to comment on is the gratitude that I feel for those that have picked up my phone call every single moment that I had. And they have become more and more as I've gone on in my life. Uh, And I have found that there has been a, a measure of humility so that I can say this without a doubt. If I'm having a thought, then I better check it out. If I'm, having, if I'm wanting to pick up that phone and make a phone call, or if I'm wanting to go forward and, and um, express my ideas and my ideas, or if I have a feeling of anger and resentment in my belly, burning in my belly, I better work this out before I do anything, anything else and going forward with that. And that practice alone, talking with what I call my board of directors, we come in conference and have a meeting with Melanie <laughs> and we kind of hash this thing through and from that a plan is developed and I can go forth in a, in a, in a place of spiritual love and, and, um, and very few times anymore do I have to take my foot out of my mouth. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you very much. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? Barbara. This is Katie. Katie, go ahead. Good morning. I'm Katie, a recovered compulsive overeater in Virginia. Um, all this sounds like, you know, he is taking a new direction in his life. He's not acting the same way he did before. And I know for me this was very difficult because I started compulsively overeating at such a young age. I was very much an adolescent when I got re- into recovery. I, you know, my... For me, my common sense, what I thought was common sense, is that when you had a feeling, you stuffed it down. And so I really had a very difficult time identifying any type of feelings um, and and acting appropriately with them. Um, it took a long time. As Kim said, we don't just do the steps once and then, you know, move on our way. 
Um, this is a daily, uh, a daily commitment to to acting differently in my life. And um, so I was to sit quietly when in doubt, asking only for direction and strength to meet my problems as he would have me. Uh, you know, so many times meet my problems. I don't really have problems. I'm making stuff up half the time. Not making it up, but projecting, re- regretting the past, second-guessing what I did, should I have done that, um, worried about something in the future. So when I pause and I say, okay, really, what is the problem right this very moment? I got nothing. There's like... You know, there's not serious problems going on every single minute of my life. And when I remember that, then I remember the times that I did have serious problems in my life, you know, uh, and those moments in the last two and a half decades that God carried me through. So the agitation that I might have right at this moment because I haven't taken a shower yet and I'm going to be a reader and I need to get ready and should I do this and what should I do and blah, blah, blah suddenly that kind of gets into a good perspective because um, I think I can get through that. If I got through my sister dying when I lived in Denver and she was in Virginia and my parents were complete wrecks, and if I got through having a miscarriage and I got through, you know, uh, raising stepchildren for the last 19 years and I got through, you know, disappointments and, uh, all kinds of things, and I think I can get through this moment. And that God consciousness, um, if I don't step back and pause, I will just be in this sort of uh, simmering point of irritated. Um, so, you know, this is a daily thing we do. We don't get recovered. All of us who are saying we're recovered don't suddenly become Mary Poppins. It doesn't mean that we never have a problem, that we're never agitated, that we never uh, have to work these steps. We do. And, um, but this is giving us clear-cut directions. This big book gives us directions on how to live our life every day, not just until you lose the weight, not just until you're comfortable around food again. This is forever. We, ha- we are hardwired differently than the regular person. And we don't become suddenly normal. And, you know, to chase that idea um, is what I did for many years. And all it got me was worse. I got worse, never better. So I'm just grateful that we are looking at these um, clear-cut directions. That'll pass. Thank you very much. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? Barbara. Marjorie. I hear Barbara and then Marjorie. Thank you. This is Barbara. I'm a compulsive overeater. And I really like looking at this this morning, this new God consciousness. Um, because for me, the new God consciousness involves uh, the small G, as was pointed out to me, the G-O-D of the program, as well as the God within, as the spiritual you know, uh, experience describes in the appendix, that consciousness that's within me. But the, the good orderly direction, the God within the fellowship, so that I can put together the God consciousness within me, not myself talking to myself, 
but getting in touch with my divine center. But I can go to the God of the program, the small g, the good orderly direction of people who uh, can share experience with whatever the situation is. So God, as I understand God, for me, in surrendering to the program and living the 12-step way, uh, involves not going it alone, like I'm the only one who knows, or everybody else are the only ones who know and I know nothing. Uh, certainly the God is no longer food. That has to be clear and out of the way that that the answer isn't in the food. So then the pausing for me can often mean not just sitting on the mountaintop, so to speak. It involves also sitting on the mountaintop, but also going down and, um, you know, talking to the people who are walking the path with me, trudging that road. Thank you, and I pass. Thanks, Barbara. Marjorie, please. Good morning. This is Marjorie, and I am a recovered food addict. One of the things that's significant to me in this paragraph is what is not in this paragraph. Bill is not talking about any theological idea. He's not talking about a sophisticated, clear understanding of God. He has a very simple understanding of God. And and really, over the last three or four pages, describes where he's at when he is taking these steps. It describes where he's at with regard to God. There's nothing really sophisticated. All of those words that are on those pages are easily understandable. I don't have to get my my brain all in knots about who and what and why and how and the mechanics of God. It's a very simple idea. Thank you for listening to me. I pass. Thank you, Marjorie. My name is Leigh. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. I, too, wanted to comment on a couple things here. Um, Again, we're reading Bill's story. Uh, Why do we read Bill's story? Well, Bill recovered. You know, he uh, he progressed in his disease of of alcoholism. Uh, It was this has been a very detailed account of his descent into the madness of his disease, and now, uh, you know, he has recovered. He remains sober, uh, you know, never to drink again. This is his testimony. This is, you know, he penned his experience. This is his voice. This is his wisdom. This is his experience. He blazed the trail with with hundreds of other uh, recovered alcoholics who rose out of a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. This is their experience. So he says, I was to test my thinking by the new God consciousness within. I was to test my thinking. Uh, Why is the thinking so important here? You know, Bill's greatest obstacle was his thinking. All action is born in thought. That drink you know, on the bar, didn't catapult itself into the air and down his gullet unless his brain instructed his hand to pick up that drink. So even though we know, uh, you know, Bill had an allergy to alcohol, the greater aspect of its disease resided in his mind. 
That's true for you and I as well, real compulsive overeaters. The greater aspect of our disease resides in our mind. That's why the thinking is of utmost importance. You know, it didn't say I was to test uh, my sobriety. I was to test my thinking. This is beyond the physical. Bill needed a new mind, a spirit-guided mind. How do we get one of those? We get that through the process of the 12 steps. So he has new thinking now. He has spirit-guided thinking. I was to test my thinking by the new God consciousness within. So this quality of life that we have uh, gives us a tremendous responsibility. You know, it gives us tremendous responsibility. And this is the advantage of recovery, that we can live better than most other people because we're forced to find a principled way to live. So I was to test my thinking by the new conscious, God consciousness within, and this is exactly what we do in step 10. You know, when we continue to watch for selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear, we are watching our thinking. We are constantly, this is a lifetime occupation of evaluating and correcting our thinking, not evaluating and correcting our food plan. Constantly evaluating and correcting our thinking because all action is born in thought. There's no mention of alcohol here. All action is born in thought. When we continue to watch for selfishness, dishonesty, can resentment and fear and when those crop up we ask god at once to remove them and we discuss them with someone immediately this is correcting and evaluating our thinking our god consciousness i was to sit quietly when in doubt asking only for direction and strength to meet my problems as he would have me this is of course step 11 this is step 11 this is pausing. This is reminding ourselves to seek right thought or action. Because, again, our thinking is our greatest obstacle. Our thinking is our greatest obstacle. So we ask to be divorced from self-pity, from dishonest or self-seeking motives. We ask that so that our thinking can stay elevated. Again, thinking is the highest level. Because all feelings and all actions are born from thought. So, you know, this is discipline. It is, it is discipline. It is either pain of discipline or pain of regret. Bill didn't have a rough time drinking. What Bill had really was a rough time living. If alcohol was his only problem, then that would have been a no-brainer, stop drinking. But the, the reality is Bill couldn't stop drinking because of his mind, because of his mind. So what restored him to sanity? This God consciousness within. And since God resides within each of us equally, the same potential to live a life of happy, joyous, and freedom is ours. So if we want to stop compulsive overeating and we want to solve our problem of compulsive overeating, then you can believe the second half of Bill's story that we're studying this morning, that his recovery, his spiritual awakening, his sobriety, and his many, many years of stability and his many years of happiness and freedom can be yours as well through these very same directions. 
And with that, I pass. Anyone else like to comment on this paragraph before we move on? This is Judy B. Judy B., go ahead. I love this paragraph. I just, I'm so grateful that Bill, that Bill wrote this because it guides my every day. I mean, it just, it, it's one of the things that comes to my mind every moment when I experience doubt. And, and with doubt, sometimes I experience fear, doubt, and insecurity. And um, this just reminds me over and over that I need to pause and to stop and ask God for direction and strength to meet my problems, to meet whatever is going on, and especially what is going on with my thinking. I was to test my thinking by the new God consciousness within. I mean, that, that is how we change. We change the way we think about things. And I am just so grateful for that. And even in recovery, there are moments when my thinking gets askew. I need, I need to become aware that God is with me and that he can change my thinking, that I don't have to let a thought come into my head and let it stay there, that it's, it's, it could be like poison. I mean, I need to direct my thinking uh, by God. I, I, I just I love this paragraph. Especially, it says we sit quietly when in doubt, asking for direction and strength. I mean, sometimes when we have doubt, we, we can't sit. We might be, you know, in a place where we, we have to um, function and go on just the way we are. But, so that's when I think of the new God consciousness. We, I mean, we can connect with God no matter what, and, um, and he will guide us. I love. Never was I to pray for myself. When I first read that, I, I didn't. I didn't like that at all. But it says, "Accept as my request bore on my usefulness to others." And and now with this new God consciousness, it's like being useful to others is what I want more than anything. You know, I want I want to be thinking straight so that I I can do what what God wants me to do. And I. I, I love this paragraph. I, I just think it, it tells us what to do when um, when we have doubt, and, and, and doubt comes. I mean, it, it's not um, it's not uh, peaceful and beautiful every single moment. We have to deal with with thoughts that come into our head, and and thank God we we have an answer to what we can do when that happens. Ah. Uh, Again, just so, so grateful for the directions in this program. And, and I just pray that, that everyone can hear that, that, that this program is a way of life which will absolutely make an unbelievable difference in your life. With that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Judy. Let's move on to the next paragraph now, please, with Paula. This would be Paula, Recovered Compulsive Overreader. Excuse me, which paragraph is Paula reading? We are on page 13 in Bill's story, and we're on the very last paragraph on that page, beginning with, my friend promised. Thank you. Go ahead, Paula. Thank you. My friend promised when these things were done, I would enter upon a new relationship with my Creator that I would have the elements of a way of living which answered all, my, all of my problems, 
belief in the power of God, plus enough willingness, honesty, and humility to establish and maintain the new order of things were the essential requirements. I'm going to go to that first line. My friend. Now, we read what a friend is. Uh, only this is an, a small F, but still one attached to another by affection. More here. Not just affection. Oh, yeah. Bill liked Debbie, but this was different. This was, we see in page 17, Bill was the shipwreck. We read about the shipwreck. Bill was the shipwreck. Honey, this was like the Titanic. He was going down. He was going down. And this is what his friend, this is why they were attached with more than affection. The iceberg, we see such a small portion of it. And underneath, that's where it's at. That's where our disease is. Oh, yeah, you see the surface part. But, oh, sweetheart, underneath, he knew, and it says clearly, the feeling of having shared in a common peril is one element in the powerful cement which binds us. They were bound in a different way, more than affection. But that in itself would never have held us together as we are now joined. The tremendous fact for every one of us that we have discovered a common solution. Now we come to promised. He promised. You know, you don't give your promises lightly. Nor did he. He did not give that lightly. When he when somebody promises something, that's a statement binding. I mean, that's holding you to the person to the person who makes it ground or basis of expectation. That's what it says. So these are pretty strong words. He's promising him that when these things were done, I would enter upon a new. We know what new means. Not known before. You might have thought you had. Not to this depth. Relationship with my creator. And then he says that I would have the elements. Oh, here it is. It's coming together of a way of living which answered all my problems. Now, we can't cross out all there and put some. He put the word all because that what it, what it meant. Bill was very, very right on tack there. All my problems. And that part, belief in the power of God. Not me anymore. Not me anymore. Humility comes to play here. Plus enough willingness, honesty, may I add again, humility, to establish, now here's where we're building, and maintain and keep it going, the new order of things were the essential requirements. Everything at your disposal. Pick it up. Thank you for allowing me to share with that. I do pass. Thank you. Anyone else like to comment on what was read? Hi, this is Kathy in Boston. May I share? Yes, Kathy, go ahead. Thanks, Leah. Um, I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, and I find this paragraph um, <clears throat> very important uh, because uh, when it says belief in the power of God, um, well, the first time I read this paragraph, um, I had no belief in the power of God, and actually it's taken me a long, long time to develop that belief. So um, 
I was uh, encouraged by my sponsor to act as if and to uh, work on willingness and honesty and humility, and um, the belief would come. And uh, and that is what has happened to me. Um, so this by no means was easy for me, um, and um, the relationship came about with my higher power, who I now call God, very, very, very gradually. And I really, as I look back on over the years um, that I've been uh, working a program of recovery, um, I really had to focus on my willingness and on being honest and on being teachable. Those things I was able to work towards more easily than I was able to grasp a belief in God. Um, But that belief in God came as I uh, encountered a new way of thinking as a result of doing what I was asked and told to do. So um, it's a remarkable process that's summarized uh, very succinctly here, and I just wanted to acknowledge that at least in my case, it took a very long time and continues to require effort on my part um, to really do what it is asking us to do here. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kathy. Anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? This is Lois. Lois, go ahead. Hi, good morning. Good morning, everyone. This is Lois, recovered compulsive overeater in Massachusetts. And, you know, I, too, just am... Um, humbled by by this this chapter and and this paragraphs that we're reading today and um I wanted to say my friend comment on that my friend promised when these things were done I would enter upon a new relationship with my creator and that I would have the elements of a way of living which answered all my problems and um and for me this this is a story of re- recovery, and this is my um, this is oh wait a minute I just lost my thought a second. This this was a, a process. This was my this is a process and my process and I believe it's the process of of becoming recovered. You know, going through the rest of the steps and practicing these principles in all my affairs on a daily basis. Right here, this process, this sentence that we just read, to me was was actually the beginning and the the beginning deepening of a spiritual experience for me and um and 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 which has changed my changed my life i i have i have a new way of thinking and it has it is it has been such a remarkable thing that i i treasure it amongst all the things that have been life changing for me so i just wanted to mention that that this was process for me and I and the more I do this the closer and better and more wisdom I I gain when I practice these principles in all my affairs today. Thank you so much for letting me share. I pass. Thank you. Anyone else like to comment on what was read? I heard Margaret and then who's the other person there? Rose? Rose, was there someone else? I guess not. Okay, Margaret and Rose, please. Go ahead. Good morning, Leah. Good morning, Vision, for you. This is Margaret, recovered in New Jersey. 
you know, as people have been sharing on this, the humility, that just just the humbleness that um, you know, the thought of, that I get every day to test my thinking. Oh my God, what a joy! What a joy that is that I. I, did, I had no clue that I could even do that, that that was a possibility before I came into program and before I understood the obsession of the mind and I understood that the problem was my thinking. And every day now I get to test that thinking and I get to ask God to change my thinking and I get to react to things so differently than I would and, and all of the situations that are around me. You know, I, you know we all have crises in our life, but... Uh, what a realization that I don't have to have self-imposed crisis. I don't have to have crisis that I put on other people, let alone myself. And that I can really test my thinking and ask God to change my thought, you know, to have that that um, that new idea that Bill talks so much about in, his, in his, his, his story that he began to have new ideas that, again, as we're taught here, then begins to have new feelings, new reactions, and in the end, a whole new way of living life. So we're very, very blessed. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thanks, Margaret. Rose, please. Thank you. Thank you, Maya. This is Rose, Recovered Compulsive Overeater in New York. Um, the um, part of the first sentence here, that I would have the elements of a way of living which answered all my problems, um, belief in the power of God, plus enough willingness, honesty, and humility to establish and maintain the new order of things were the essential requirements. And the new order of things, um, I recently completed my um, my fifth step, and, um, and I'm working in the nine-step amends. And <clears throat> this, these words are just like living um, our are alive in my life every day because the um the fact that the steps as everyone has been saying um are are a requirement every single day all 12 of the steps every day are required to to deal with um life to deal with life on life's terms and that um the, in the former paragraph, you know, testing the thinking by the new God consciousness and that uh, common sense would become uncommon sense as it's written in this paragraph here that all my problems, there isn't one, there isn't one situation in my life that has emerged that has not been able to be successfully dealt with by examining um, all the uh by using all the directions given to me in the steps and that the belief in the power of God and plus enough of these essential elements, willingness, honesty, and humility, um, establishes this new order of things. And this is what I'm finding. My days have a new order to them. It has a new order, and the order does not come at all from anything I ever knew my entire life. The new order comes from the 12 steps, and and they are essential requirements. No day can go by where um, God hasn't given me through the 
my sponsor through this meeting, through this book, through talking to other people, through writing my own uh, daily turnarounds on either resentments or fears. There is nothing that emerges that um, that I can leave out doing. There's no action I can leave out doing in order to have what this paragraph is talking about. And and all I can say is it's a miracle. It is a miracle, um, not to mention a pure gift from God, but it's a miracle because every single time I pick up a step, knowing because I'm being taught how to use it, uh, it works. With that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Uh, my name is Leah. I'm a recovered compulsive reader. I just wanted to comment on this line here. My friend promised when these things were done. Again, there are action steps. Uh, you know, step one and two, they are just conclusions of the mind. Very important, but conclusions of the mind. Step three is a decision. What's a decision about? It's a decision to embark on this program of recovery. So step four is the first action step. Steps four through nine lead me to this spiritual awakening, this psychic change, a personality change sufficient to bring about recovery. So my friend promised when these things were done, so again, freedom isn't free. There are things uh, that I need to take responsibility for, these, these actions. My friend promised when these things were done, I would enter upon a new relationship. Bill had a relationship with God. It was a bad one. <laughs> it was a bad relationship. He had a spiritual misunderstanding. He had a disease of the spirit. He was suffering from a disease which only a spiritual experience would conquer. So he would enter upon a new relationship with my creator, that I would have the elements of a way of living these elements, these instructions, which answered all my problems. You know, the AA 12 and 12 says it very well when it says it's a spiritual axiom that every time we are disturbed, no matter what the cause, there is something wrong with us. There's something wrong with us. Every problem is a spiritual problem. I like to say that uh, these 12 steps offer me the art of remaining undisturbed. The art of remaining undisturbed. So when it says here, my, my, my friend promised when these things were done, I would enter upon a new relationship with my creator that I would have the elements of a way of living which answered all my problems. That sounds like the beginning of step 12, doesn't it? Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps. Again, what's a spiritual awakening? A spiritual awakening is a personality change where old ideas and old attitudes have been cast aside and we are now dominated by new ideas and new attitudes. It's a new mind. It's a spirit-guided mind. There's not a spiritual part of the program of recovery. It is a spiritual program in its entirety. So that's why the 12 and 12 says that when a man and a woman has a spiritual awakening, the most important meaning of it is that he has now become 
able to do and feel and believe that which he could not do before on his unaided strength and resources alone. So this unsuspected inner resource is something we can tap into at all times and a life a life based on that belief that God exists is going to be far superior to a life without that foundation. So we have an opportunity to live better than other people because we're forced to live this way. <laughs> we are forced to live this way. And with that, I pass. Anyone else like to comment on this paragraph before we move on? Leah? Yes. Hi, it's Mary Lou. Mary Lou, go ahead. Hi, good morning. This is Mary Lou, recovering compulsive eater. Really grateful. You know, this sentence that says, uh, well, I wanted to go back to the paragraph above that. that it just Because I am a greedy little kid when I come here. I want to see what I can get from you people. I want to see what I can get. And I'm thinking, and I'm being a bit facetious, or maybe not, but it's, the paragraph above it says, but that would be in great measure. Then only might I expect to receive. What can I receive when I come here? I mean, because I know what i got to give up, ego, self-will, all that stuff that you know, blocks me from God. i got to give that up. But what can I get? The great Carl Jung said that where I stumble, where you stumble, there you will find gold. This is where I stumble. I'm a down and dirty compulsive eater, and I stumble in this place. I need God. I need steps. I need a solution. It's not about my food plan and about how many outreach calls and about all these outer things, but I'm seeing now as I'm coming to. I'm seeing now, just now, as we're reading this, I'm having a spiritual experience, I believe. Thank you, God. Um, so what can I get? Well, that would be in great measure. Oh, my gosh, that means I get to receive something here, and not only a little teeny, itty, bitty, teeny, by tiny bit. I'm going to receive in great measure. What am I going to receive? I'm going to receive, next paragraph, the elements of a new way of living, which answer all my problems, not just some of them, all of them. Where do you go in the world for that? Okay, I give you my crumb cakes, God. I give you my Doritos. I give you my raisinets. What do I get in exchange? Oh, and I give you my self-will, and I give you my need to be right. What do I get back? Okay, let's see. I get an answer to all my problems. It's not that easy. It sounds trite. Not easy. Not easy. But I just cannot believe this. I feel like I know, I, I mean, I know this is hard, and this has been hard for me, this whole thing, all of us, I suppose, because where I stumble, there I find gold. Well, this program is gold. This OA is gold. I feel like I've won the spiritual lotto. And I'm not on a pink cloud, I don't think, because I've cried more than ever in the last three months because uh, I got, didn't want to give things up. So um, I just cannot believe that this was here. I knew it was here when I was in AA, and I had taken the steps through AA, and I always wondered where was the food program that treated food like alcohol, like as serious as alcohol, you know? Uh, 300 pounds sitting in the rooms of AA, uh, preaching up a storm, Miss AA. Then I come here and you tell me to give up my Doritos, and how am I going to do that? Well, this is how. And it's the answer to all my problems. There's no one in the world that I can go for this. There's nowhere for free, except for my seventh tradition, but for free. For free. And then the last thing, just one more little thing. Um, 
Well, it must not be important because I cannot remember what it was, but I just know that uh, I'm just grateful to be here. And Oh, yeah, yeah, the one thing about being undisturbed, Leah talked about uh, being undisturbed. Well, being undisturbed is, is the step work. I get to give my fourth and fifth step and sixth and seventh and eighth and ninth so that I become undisturbed. But the other word that I wanted to say that came to my heart when she shared was undefended. I get to walk around undefended, undisturbed and undefended when I come here and take these steps. And I don't have to defend myself against you or anyone else because if my side of the street is clean, uh, that would be undefended. You know, I don't have a need to be right. Stop fighting all things, you know. So that was the other thing. It just came to me. Uh, undisturbed is when I work the steps, and undefended is when I live the steps. So anyway, thanks for letting me share. It's Mary Lou from California. Thank you. Let's move to the next paragraph with Marsha, please. Hi, I'm Marsha. I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive reader. Simple but not easy. A price had to be paid. It meant destruction of self-centeredness. I must turn all things over to the Father of Light who presides over all. My goodness, this couldn't be more timely. Um, Simple but not easy, a price had to be paid. It meant the destruction of self-centeredness. God only knows I've kept my self-centeredness like a ball and chain. It was my, uh, I would polish it up and I would carry it around and it was was the thing that weighed me down more than the, the food and the weight. It was my own ego. Um, and it's not easy letting go of what I thought was right because, hey, you know, I thought I was right about most things, uh, and I, I, it was uh, this self-centeredness was my self-righteousness in many ways. Um, I had to figure out that I'm not, I'm not the solution, and that is a real blast to the ego, and and my ego needed some blasting. Um, and I have to turn things over to my higher power on a daily basis. I, I've, uh, it's amazing when when these lessons present themselves, and it just happened to present itself last night for me when my uh, sister-in-law came over looking for help um, because of her addiction. And I, waiting for her to come over, I, I prayed and, and asked, asked my higher power to be present with me and to help me be a vessel and to serve what my higher power needs me to do. And uh, this is all very timely and emotional. I, I, I needed exactly to hear everything that everybody has said today because it is just, it's right in my face. It's very, very emotional. And I, and I, I can't fix her. I can't fix her family. I, I can't change anything. All I can do is be the paper boy that drops the message of 12-step recovery. Um, that I know it's possible to overcome an addiction and that this big book has saved my life, my higher power has saved my life, my sponsor has saved my life, my group has saved my life, my service has saved my life. I have never been able to save my own life when I let go of what I thought was my power over anything is when my life started to change for the better, when I recognized that I am powerless over this is when my life changed. And I just couldn't be more grateful today, and I couldn't be more grateful to, to read these last two paragraphs because they have been 
especially, especially important to hear today. So thank you, and I'll pass. Thank you very much, Marsha. Sheila, next year. Go ahead. This is Sheila. It's okay this year? Yes. Sheila, go Hi. Ahead. Sheila from New York, compulsive over here. I wanted to identify especially well, with everything that I'm um, sorry, my announcement Can you hear me? Probably not. Can you hear me? Yes, go ahead. Okay, sorry. I'll make it quick. Simple but not easy. A price had to be paid. It meant destruction of self-centeredness. I think that's um, an understatement. A price had to be paid. Um, I don't want the price to be my health, and that's why I'm doing what I'm doing. Um, It just struck such a chord with me, um, what price had to be paid. I've shared before, I've seen the price that family members have paid, not turning their will and life over to God of, of their choice. And I'm praying that that's not my choice. Um, control has a lot to do with it. But underneath the control is not so much as controlling others as it is not wanting to be controlled. Um, that's a big thing for me, not wanting to be controlled. And um, fear. Fear plays a major part in letting go and letting God take over. Um, my thought for today is um, what price has to be paid. Um, with that, I pass. Thank you very much, Sheila, and thank you to everyone who has shared this morning. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Katie, would you please read a vision for you? Katie, a recovered compulsive overeater in Virginia. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear the way. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.